be covering a topic today that's it's a little controversial. It's, it's been debated about for, for a long time. And uh, today we're going to be talking about praying in the Spirit. I want to encourage you to have an open mind today. I, you know what? I want you to have an open mind every Sunday, every day, actually. But I want to encourage you, to, especially today, to have an open mind on this topic. Different, different people come to the services and come to Living Hope and come to all sorts of different churches with different experiences, different backgrounds, different beliefs. And so we, we need to uh, have a standard for our beliefs, right? And that standard is, of course, the Word of God. And so we're going to look at the Word of God today. We're going to see what the Bible says about praying in the Spirit, about baptism in the Spirit. And we're going we're gonna to form our foundation of beliefs on what the Bible says, okay? The baptism of the Spirit and speaking in tongues have been controversial, have been debated about for over the last hundred years, and even before that. And there's more of a dis... There may not be a topic that's more disagreed on than these topics. Some have said it's not just for today, uh, that it was just for them back in Bible times. And some have also said that, that it's from the devil. And so we're going to address some of those questions and some of those accusations this morning. But again, we're basing our beliefs on the Bible because that's the basis of all of our theology. So let me give you a little bit of history on this. So even though the church was born on the day of Pentecost, we're going to look at the scripture today, with the unusual manifestation of tongues, and it continued to, to manifest itself throughout Acts, and uh, we can read about it in different chapters in Acts. Tongues was accompanied with incredible church growth. Incredible church growth. And this started to fade out, though, after about 300 years. And, and it, it stayed quite hidden. It stayed quite low-key up until a couple of very key significant events in the early 1900s that started to gain some momentum. So even just 30 years ago, churches like Living Hope, Pentecostal, Spirit-filled, charismatic churches, were, were seen as the weird churches. When, when I... Uh, uh, we were doing things that that mainline churches didn't do. We we uh, we we dabble in things and and pursue things that that uh, some some other churches, big churches, didn't didn't believe and didn't preach. And so we were seen as a little odd. But today, Pentecostal churches are presently the fastest growing church in Christianity fastest growing church in Christianity. As you can see from the graphic there, from early 1900s, we had 0.2% of the overall uh, Christian population percentage. But right now, you'll see that we are 32.5% of all Christianity, of all Christian churches. And so we're on the upswing, as you can see from that. Let's pray as we dig into the word today. Lord, we thank you that you are present with us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to be with us as we talk about you, as we learn about you, as we learn with you. And Father, I pray that you would enlighten your word this morning. 
And Lord, would you soften our hearts to, to see and to accept the things in your word that, that maybe we were, we were unable to accept before. Maybe uh, because of her, hurts in the past or different situations in, in our past, Lord, would you help us to, to be more biblical? Lord, we want to be as biblical as we can be as your people. And so, Lord, would you help us to get there this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. In week one on January 1st of 50 Days in the Spirit, we talked about the Holy Spirit and how he dwells in us. That in the Old Testament times, Holy Spirit came upon people for times to do things that needed to be done. But now, the Holy Spirit is in us. Because when Jesus died, the veil in the temple was torn and the Holy Spirit was released and came into every believer. So that was the event that released the Holy Spirit and enabled the Holy Spirit to be present with us. Let's take a look at the first time that we see evidence of the Holy Spirit come with power to the disciples in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 5 says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Say, upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now Jesus is telling them not just what to expect, but he's telling them who to expect. Holy Spirit is a person, right? So they're te- he's, Jesus is saying you can expect Holy Spirit to come and for him to enable you to be witnesses uh, locally, nationally, and internationally. The scripture and the others that we look at today are not just for the apostles at that time, but they are for all Christians. They are for us today and should be part of our normal discipleship process. Okay, But the good thing about this scripture is it's been fulfilled. We don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. He has come. It's always good to have a common understanding of terms as we look at them. And so uh, I want to look at the, the word spirit and, and what it means, what it means in Greek and maybe what else it can mean. So the word for spirit in Greek is the word pneuma. Pneuma. So maybe you've heard of pneuma in other places. You've heard of probably pneumatic drills. A pneumatic drill is an air drill. It's a drill that is powered by air. They're the cool, like, sci-fi sounding drills that you hear at tire shops. Yeah, that's a pneumatic drill. Okay? You also have probably heard of pneumonia, which is an infection of the air sacs in one or both of our lungs, and that can last weeks, even months, and that's not good. So pneuma actually means wind, breath, or spirit. Wind, breath, or spirit. Let's remember, though, that 
that spirit is not just, that who we're talking about is not just the, the spirit, but who we're talking about is the Holy Spirit, is the spirit of God, is the spirit of truth. Okay, he's not going to bring us something that's not from God. He's not going to bring us something that's from the devil. So we can be confident in this. Jesus said the Spirit would come soon. And he comes right away here in chapter 2. Acts 2, 1 through 6 says this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As, a, uh, as of a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. What's the Greek word for wind again? Pneuma. That's right. It's the same word as the word spirit. So this is not to be confused with what might have happened if you were uh, subject and uh, um, a victim of the wind on Wednesday night and Thursday morning. That's a different wind. This is a supernatural wind that filled this house. Okay? So, verse 3, there, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there, fell, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven and that when this sound occurred the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language so verse 4 tells us how many of them were filled with a spirit and spoke in other tongues it says they were all filled with the holy spirit they were all filled also in this account we see jews from all over the place people from all different nations that were gathered together Okay? Every nation under heaven, it says there, was, was there. And, and these disciples, they were all Galileans. And so they, they didn't know all these other languages, and yet they were speaking these other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. They'd never learned them, they'd never, never understood them, and yet they were speaking the native tongue to all these different people from all these different lang languages and nations. That is something just crazy and amazing. Now, God's not afraid to do things that are a little bit abnormal, right? We see in time and time again in Scripture things that we would classify as a little bit different, a little abnormal. One of those times is in Judges when God uses a man's donkey to talk. Now, I don't want to make light of this, but if God can use a donkey to speak a language that it had never learned, we can speak a language that we have never learned. I want to talk now about 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Okay? First, sorry, 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31 says, Earnestly desire the best gifts. Well, what's the best gift? Well, depends on what you're doing. Depends on what you're doing. Uh, because it, a hammer won't solve every problem in the house, nor will a pocket knife. We need to have both of them. We need to have multiple tools in our tool belt, in our toolboxes at home. And so just the same, we need to have multiple spiritual tools 
at arm's length that we can grab at any point in time that we might need. Okay? His desire is that we would desire the best gifts, including tongues. It's good to desire the gifts. It's good to desire the gifts. There are many questions when it comes to speaking in tongues, and I want to address some of those now. So the first one that I want to address is, are tongues heavenly, or, sorry, are tongues an earthly language? Are tongues an earthly language? Well, from, from the text that we just read, we can say, yes, some tongues are from an earthly language. You know, there are like something like 6,500 languages and dialects on this planet, and no one on this earth knows absolutely every one of those. No one does. And so I, I can't say for sure this one is that or that one is that, but we, we just don't know. But there are numerous accounts of people hearing tongues and knowing, I know that language. That language is familiar to me, just like it is in Acts that we read. So second question is, are some tongues that are given a heavenly language? Also, yes. One of the most famous chapters in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, starts with the phrase, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Okay? So, in the context of this list, he also brings up other things. But you know what? Every single one of the things in that list... It's not hypothetical. He's not saying, if I, if I could jump over a building, if I could do this or that, and think he's not talking hypothetically. He's talking specifically. And so there's no reason to believe that he's talking hypothetically here. So, therefore, the angels have different languages. Well, what's the difference then? How do I know if I'm speaking in an earthly language or if I'm speaking in an angelic language? Well, I want to answer your question with a question. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? It's something that you didn't know. It's something that God gave you the ability to speak. And it's something that God is using for you to get closer to Him. Does it really matter if it's earthly or is from ancient Hebrew or is from a distant Pacific island? Does it matter what it is? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. It's supernatural. One of the, the most asked questions about this is, am I making this up? Uh, people have accused me when I'm speaking in tongues, you're just making that up. Well, I, I want to, uh, to, to tell you about a study because this, again, a very, very asked question, a very, very... Uh, debated topic on tongues. And so the, uh, that question got to the interest of a doctor at the University of Pennsylvania. And so he decided he was going to do a study on this. And so he asked a bunch of spirit-filled, preaching and praying and speaking in tongues, Christian women to, to come and to be part of this study. And so he put them in a machine and did an MRI on them while they were singing gospel songs that they knew that they, they purposefully sang the words to the songs just like you did earlier today when we were going through worship. Uh, they 
They were looking at their brain activity while those songs were being sung, and then they did an MRI while they were speaking in tongues. If you could show that slide, please. Now, I know that every single one of you is an expert and is a doctor and knows how to read these MRIs, but I'm going to go through this anyway. So uh, it's showing, these pictures are showing the amount of blood flow in the brain. So you'll see those areas that are circled. On the left picture, it's where it's redder. That means there's more blood flow in that area. On the right side, it's not as red. There's not as much blood flow there. So on the left side, that's when they were singing gospel songs. That's when they were singing things that they knew about. And on the right side, that's when the Spirit gave them words. And their spirit was praying to God. So this is the conclusion of the doctor. Okay, he, Dr. Andrew Newberg, from the study concludes, how they decide what to say is not coming from their mind, but is coming from somewhere else. How they decide what to say is not coming from their mind, but is coming from somewhere else. Science has confirmed what Apostle Paul said 2,000 years ago in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. When we pray in our spiritual language, it's our spirit praying what our spirit needs to pray, not our minds. Our minds are unfruitful. They're inactive. You know, we don't always know what we want. We don't. There are numerous examples of this, and I, I, I picked on uh, uh, people. Uh, I, I think I picked on women last time, so I don't want to pick on and single out women uh, this week again. But every, lots of people, millions of people, every morning, they go to their closet and they stand there and they say, what do I want to wear this morning? Right? Right? Have you ever said that? Absolutely. And you know what Kristen and I say to each other absolutely every day? We say, I love you. And then we say, what do you want for supper? And inevitably, what the answer is, is I don't know. So in the Hoford household, we love each other. We want to eat, but we don't know what to eat. Welcome to our house. How do we know if we have been baptized in the Spirit, evidence will follow. Evidence will follow. So tongues is just one of the gifts. You may experience another gift in the Spirit. You may experience a different way that the Holy Spirit has enabled you power to do what God has asked you to do. Okay, but evidence will follow. Tongues is just one of those. As we go through Acts, you'll see over and over again that 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 baptism in the Holy Spirit is not the same as salvation, okay? So you can be a Christian and not be baptized in the Holy Spirit. In Acts 19, Paul asked a group of believers, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they hadn't. And so he prayed for them. He laid hands on them, and they spoke in other languages, and they prophesied. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gave them power and gifts. If one is baptized in the Holy Spirit, there should be an expectation for gifts. There should be an expectation 
even for tongues, okay? Uh, maybe you won't. Maybe you won't speak in tongues, but that's okay. You can ex- still expect to. You can still desire to. It's good to desire the gifts. Max, uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues, and they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by, by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. These signs will follow those who believe. Okay? We can have an expectation. Final questions are, what is the purpose of praying in tongues, and why would I want this? What's the purpose, and why would I want this? Well, it's a three-part answer, really. When we pray in the Spirit, it builds us up spiritually. Okay? It, it strengthens us. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. To edify is to build up or strengthen. If you speak in tongues, you're strengthening yourself. The best analogy that I can give you for this is, is uh, not booster cables and not even a, uh, a starter for a car, but more like a trickle charger. More like a trickle charger. I just pulled this off my motorbike this morning, and I, uh, I have it all the time on my motorbike in the winter because I'm not riding the motorbike, and if I don't have it on the battery, the battery's going to die. But this trickle charger is always plugged in and is always attached to my, the battery on the, on the bike because every once in a while, the battery just loses a little bit of charge. And this recognizes that, and it bumps it back up. It just keeps bumping it back up. But if I'm not connected to it, like I am right now, I'm not connected to my motorbike, then it can be losing power. And it's not connected, so it's not going to have that bump back up. Praying in the Spirit is just like being attached to a trickle charger. When we get low, we get that bump back up and we're recharged we're re-energized for what we need to do praying in the spirit is the same when we pray in the spirit we're bumped back up we don't lose our spiritual power it encourages the gifts the fruit and the power of the holy spirit to be evident in our lives second part to this answer is when we pray in the spirit It allows us to commune with the Spirit. One of the best ways we commune with the Holy Spirit is by praying in the Spirit. When we pray in the Spirit, our spirit prays directly to the Spirit of God. And also, the Holy Spirit enables us to pray exactly the way we need to. The Spirit leads us, guides us. And when we pray in the Spirit, we we also get ideas on on things to do and and maybe uh god will will inspire us in different ways to solve different problems first corinthians 14 2 says for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to god for no one understands them however if the in the spirit he speaks mysteries but what you're saying is a mystery to you and you don't understand god knows what you're saying God knows what you're saying because he's helping you to say it. 
when we pray in the Spirit, we pray more effectively. Romans 8.26 says, For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit leads our spirits to pray, shows us, leads us in prayer. If you don't know what to pray, if you're all out of words, pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. Now, Wednesday night, I already referred to the storm, but Wednesday night or early Thursday morning, if you were waking up by the storm, if you could just raise your hand in the chats as well, put up the raised hand emoji, let me know if you were woken up. Pretty much everybody in here was woken up by the wind. That was, it was screaming, it was howling, it was loud. And I woke up shortly before two in the morning. And you know what I did when I woke up? Uh, well, first of all, I checked to make sure real quickly, is everybody here? <laughs> and they were, so that's good. Uh, kids were still sleeping. And then I prayed. I prayed that God would protect uh, my family. God would protect our property. I prayed God would protect our church. That's you. And our church building, that's this, because last time was not good. So <laughs> prayed God's protection over the community, over the emergency responders, whether they're out trying to get the power back on or whether they're trying to put out a fire that might have been uh, started in this time. So I just I prayed for all those things, uh, just safety and protection and that God's hand would be on everybody, that there'd be no loss of life. I prayed those things and then, and then Kristen was awake. So we prayed all those things all over again together. And then you know what? I still didn't feel like we were done praying. So you know what? I prayed in the Spirit. I didn't know what else to pray. So I prayed in the Spirit. I prayed in the Spirit for five or ten minutes. I don't know how long. And, and then I felt that the, the burden to pray had lifted. So I stopped praying. And I tried to fall asleep. It took me a little bit to fall asleep still because the wind was howling. But the burden to pray had lifted. So I, I, I knew I was released from, from praying the Spirit. And I know that some of this can sound a little strange. But you know what else is strange? Loving our enemies. That's a strange thing to do. Giving of your time and your finances to, to, a, to a church. That doesn't make sense really either. That's kind of a weird thing to do. And so many other widely held biblical practices that are accepted, they're, they're very strange as well because the kingdom of God is different than the kingdom of this earth. I came from a Catholic background. And in that background, it's, it's quite regimented. It's quite scheduled. And you, you know what to expect at a Catholic service. And so uh, I heard about this strange church on the edge of the valley. And I thought, oh, I, I don't know. They're doing some pretty weird things. But you know what? At one point, I gave my life to Christ. And I began to hear some really good things about that church on the valley. And so I started attending youth group nights. Friday night that's, that I weren't, wasn't working, I was there. And every Sunday morning, I didn't work Sunday mornings, thankfully. So every Sunday morning, I was there. And one of the Friday nights that I wasn't working, that I was able to attend youth group, the, the youth leaders were doing a teaching on baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, and so then there was an impartation time. There was a time where they wanted to pray for those that wanted to receive the Holy Spirit and power to do what God asked us to do. 
And so I said, absolutely, I'm in. I want, I need more power. I'm recognizing I'm not where I want to be in my life. I need the power of God. So I, I asked Holy Spirit to come. I asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I, I just started praying and praising out loud in English. And at some point, it felt like there were these other words that were like kind of in my mouth and waiting to come out. And so I gave them breath, and I gave them kind of permission to be spoken out loud. And as I, as I breathed them out, as I said them out loud, I realized that's, never, that's a word I've never said before. That's not a language I've ever used before. That is the gift of tongues and, and a divine enablement from God. And so with that, I recognized, I knew that I had the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Michelle, if you could come now at this time and, and, and play a little bit for me, please. So regardless of where you are at in your life, if you are a disciple of Christ, I believe God wants to give you this gift. I believe He wants to give you more power to do what you need to do. Remember, it's good to desire the gifts. It's good. So if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life today, I want to encourage you to pray a prayer that I'm going to lead you in in just a minute. You don't need to respond to me. You don't need to respond in the chat. I want you to just to respond to God. I want you to reach out to Him. Okay? All you need to do is ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says if you ask, you should believe that you've received it. And once you've asked, just like I did so many years ago, start praying. Start praising God out loud in the language that you're comfortable with. And maybe you'll have words that you feel are ready to come out. Or you'll see a picture of words that you're to read. I encourage you, just, just say them. Say those words out loud. Let the Holy Spirit work in you. The language you're speaking may suddenly shift from the language you know to an unknown language. That's good. That's good. Let it happen. When you receive evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life, tell somebody. Tell someone. Call me. Text me. Call your life group leader. Let them know that you are equipped with power to do what God has asked you to do. So if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, pray this prayer along with me right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, at this moment, I come to you. I thank you that Jesus saved me. I pray that the Holy Spirit might come upon me. Lord Jesus, baptize me now in the Holy Spirit. I receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit right now by faith in your word. May the anointing, the glory, and the power of God come upon me and into my life right now. May I be empowered for service from this day forward. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for baptizing me in your Holy Spirit.
prayed that prayer, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you to, to set some time aside. Right now, if you can, play some worship music. Get, get in your, your prayer spot and pray and praise God out loud. And let the Holy Spirit use your spirit to connect directly to God with tongues. If you're here today and you have never given your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you. It's the smartest thing you'll ever do. It's the best decision you'll ever make. And it's incredibly easy to start in that journey. It's admitting that you're not perfect, that you are a sinner, that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is Savior. He came to, to do what you could not do and to live that perfect, sinless life, and then choose to follow Him today and every day. If you want to do that, you just simply open your arms and just say, Lord, I know I'm not perfect, but I believe you sent your Son to be the perfect sacrifice for me. And so I choose today and every day to live for you. If you said that and you you believe that with all your heart, then, then you are a Christian. Today you gave your life to Christ and angels are rejoicing in heaven. If you said that, I would love to hear from you. So please email me, amen, at livinghope-ca.org. I'd love to give you resources to help you in your walk with Him. If you want prayer ministry for absolutely anything, prayer for healing, prayer for wisdom, prayer for help in any way, I'd encourage you to, to message us on Facebook with uh, Messenger on our church page and just let us know how we can pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. And those prayer uh, people will be responding until 11.30 today. So please reach out. We want to pray with you. We want to see God move in your life. Let's close in prayer right now. Lord, we thank you so much that you not only made a way for us to be with you in heaven, but you made a way for us to bring heaven to earth, and you made a way for us to participate in supernatural things while we're here on this earth. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the ability that we have to be baptized in you, to be filled with you. Lord, we, we want that feeling to not just be a one-time thing, but just like that trickle charger, we want it to be continuously, always bumping us up, filling us up, giving us what we need, giving us the power that we need to accomplish what it is that you've asked us to do. And so, Lord, as we sit now and as we wait now, some of us waiting for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because we believe that we were filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Would you encourage us, Lord, to keep pressing in? Would you give us even just a taste of the, of the power that you have given us? And Lord, may we be, re be responsible with that power to use it responsibly to use it regularly 
We thank you so much for the ability to, to communicate with you directly and also for the other gifts that we're going to learn about in subsequent weeks. And, and we ask, Lord, that you would do a mighty work in us. In Jesus' mighty name. partner with us as a ministry, you can go to livinghope-ca.org backslash give and choose a giving option that works best for you. Or if God did something in your life and you want to, we want to know about it. So if you could send us a quick email at amen at livinghope-ca.org. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Have a great week.